So I think it, an interesting thing about the Rudolph song is how mm-hmm. people started adding in those phrases in between the lines. Yeah. Like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Reindeer. reindeer had a very shiny nose like, like a, a light, light bulb. bulb. And if you ever saw it, saw, saw it. you would even say it glows. Like radiation. We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flashback Flicks podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are going to uh, review the classic, the Christmas classic, the 1964 uh, Christmas classic, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And uh, man, this movie, I'm sure that almost all of you who are listening right now have not, you've at least seen this or have had memories of the little claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And it's... It is a classic. Yeah. So much so that AT&T couldn't help but do their new ads in the style of Rudolph. AT&T, you just couldn't help yourself, could you? Yeah, they, took um, them, they I, snatched them up. <laughs> yeah, I actually texted Grayson. Um, my time hop told me uh, sometime uh, the last week or so that uh, the movie came out 51 years ago. So does that mean it's public domain? I think so. Well, actually, the so we'll get into some fun facts and trivia. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, actually started as a storybook. So this is a book adaptation, and the book was written in 1939. Oh. And, and here's the thing that I thought was the craziest uh, piece of information, is that the song didn't come out until 1949, like 10 years later. And there was actually another... Yeah, there was another movie, actually, that came out in 1944. Or there was like a theatrical cartoon short that was just based off of the story. No song or anything. It That's mind-boggling to me. Because like when you rewatch this movie, you can very much tell that they took the song and said, hmm, so what's the story between the verses here? Because they just say things like, uh, <laughs> like in the movie. It's just like, oh, wow, his... His nose, it's it's shining. Oh, you can even say it glows. <laughs> it's just like I, I see. You could I say see. that. You could say <laughs> that. Yeah, but yeah, like that blew my mind. I the song is what really um, made it even more popular. Um, which then you would think that the movie would come pretty soon after that, but it was there was a DC comic featuring Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There are 13 Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer annual comics from 1950 to 1962. Oh. Like, this Does is DC like, still have the rights for Rudolph? I don't know, but if they do, I want a crossover so I mean, badly. if they have the rights, you know he's going to appear in Batman v Superman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because everyone oh, else is. And please, someone edit together anytime Superman using his uh, heat vision and superimposer on the Red Nose Reindeer. Yes. Yeah. I want that so badly. Oh. I thought he was with you. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yes. 
Oh, and then after that, there was a 1958 um, Golden Book illustrated um, by Richard Scarry. Oh, uh, very familiar Richard, I loved Richard Scarry books. Yeah. You ever read those? The, he was the master of the superlative. It was the busiest shopping day ever. The I don't know. I don't. Know. That's the that's the only real one I remember. Did he do the the hen, the little red hen? Maybe one? he did a lot of them where they were like the the craziest school day ever. The yeah, the nuttiest working conditions ever. I don't. I don't remember what oh, they always no, were. Very no, no. yeah, the best yeah. world book ever. And, yeah, um, yeah. He, he had that cat, that cat thing. Yes, it was, like a, it was the fuzzy cat. But yeah. based on his titles, he thought very highly of his own material. But <laughs> I loved Richard Scarry. Yeah, and so yeah, he did a book of that, and that still predates the movie. That came out before the movie came out. Because like, mm-hmm. when I think of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I think of the special and the song. Because they they just go hand in hand, so it was so weird or surreal to me to see that there were so many other adaptations before the song even came out. I'm like, that's so interesting to me. And they finally figured out how to do it right. Yeah, and it was um, like how it was like the Hulk movies. Like how many Hulk <laughs> movies do you have to do before yeah. you get Bruce Banner right? Yeah, yeah. The answer is two. One, two, a three. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah, and um, it originally aired on NBC, actually, because I'm used to seeing it on CBS, because CBS usually airs the reruns. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, NBC originally aired the Christmas special, and... It was titled, General Electric Presents Another Full-Color Fantasy Hour, The Story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Man, they are nothing if not brief. (laughs) Yeah, and it's, I mean, there are just so many interesting um, facts and tidbits about uh, the history of this movie, but we'll go ahead and get right into um, our reaction of the movie. Uh, so, what did you think about when you uh, first rewatched it? A lot of stuff I did not remember. The Dude, beginning part, right? I, I I realized, like, I knew he was an outcast just from the 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 song, basically. But yeah. I didn't realize his parents basically would uh, disown him because of a birth yeah. defect. Yeah, it doesn't paint Donner in a very good light. No, well, that's uh, the other thing I didn't. <laughs> I didn't connect that Donner and Vixen were his parents. Like right. Donner and Vixen, I guess in the in the roll call, he's just like, "Hey, uh, Prancer, you uh, you hear about that new girl named Vixen?" He's like, "I don't know. I don't talk to her much." He's like, "Yeah, how about you introduce me? It's yeah. me. We you, all her. work together." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I like they were. Not the most supportive parents. Like, Vixen was, but Donner was like, oh, and Santa. Santa was the worst. He's like, get that nose in control. I'm like, my goodness, Santa. Yeah, Santa seemed like the embodiment of a lot of what was wrong with management at that time. In (laughs) 1964. Mm -hmm. When it was just like, oh, you'd be really good if you 
weren't a minority or a female. <laughs> and it's like, like that, that's kind of the feeling he gave off, you know? It, yep. It's like, yeah, Santa seemed a little bigoted. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's the, he said, like, oh, wow, he can fly. You know, he's playing the reindeer games and he can fly. Like, oh, wow, he's really good. He's like, oh, man, he has a red nose. What a shame. He would have been good. It's like, what rule disqualifies him as being? Yeah. Like, it's like, like he passed all the tests. Like, it, it's not like, it, I, it felt like I was watching a, a stop-motion animated version of Drumline. Like, he got into the camp without being able to read music. Spoiler of Drumline, by the way. I'm sorry if you haven't seen this 2002 hit. Um, it's all right. I had like, my chance. <laughs> but, like, he, he's really talented and really good. But the only thing is, is, like, one of the requirements is that you have to be able to do this thing. But he cheated the system. But he's so good at it. He's the underdog that we all root for. Except it wasn't a qualification. It was just who he was as a person. <laughs> there are a lot of things that would need to be addressed in a modern day adaptation of this. There's definitely a lot of bullying that goes into it as well. They would not put up with that. Oh man. Days. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think Santa's exact wording was, um, or no, no Donner said, I'm going to hide my son's nonconformity. That's what he said. Oh, that, yeah. that's, this bit of much hide your nonconformity. I'm like, oh my word. Yeah, I mean, they are meant to be the antagonists of the of the show, but it is upsetting that it's his father. Yeah, it's his dad. It's his coach. Comet the coach. Oh man, yeah, and I love like the different reindeer because another fun fact is that in the original storybook, they never tied any of the reindeers like to the story this tightly, like. His parents were kind of nameless. The reindeers didn't have, like, any kind of real, like, like, Comet wasn't, like, the coach in the original book. But they, like, basically tied the story together, which I thought was great. Because, like, that basically makes the movie uh, kind of a form of fan fiction in a way. It's just like, you know what? I always wondered, like, what the reindeers would be doing year-round. And what if Comet was a coach? And what if Donner and Vixen got together and had a baby? <laughs> But why do they stop there? We don't see what any of the others are doing. I, I think that that would have been great. The expanded Rudolph cinematic universe. Yeah. yeah. They well, yeah, serve I... in more of like a Flintstones appliance kind of way. <laughs> you thought your living. job was bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, I think another thing that I noticed um, was uh, the parallels between... Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Lion King. Hmm. Uh, because, like, he's a kid who kind of gets outcast and then comes back to reclaim his throne as the rightful reindeer. It'd be or interesting just, if the North Pole was completely melted when he went back. The like, snow has bones. moved on. <laughs> yeah. Then you have sentenced us to death. I'm ten times the Santa. I'm ten times the claws that Santa was. No, Rudolph, you're dead. I know a lot of Lion King quotes. Um, yes, you do. <laughs> um, so um, I think another interesting thing, because uh, when I was, I, as a kid, because I remember watching this, like I don't, I think the last time I saw this movie was like maybe when I was like 10. I think that was like the last time I, I really like rewatched this movie. 
but one thing I didn't notice was that, um, first off, that the snowman wasn't Frosty. Like the narrating oh, no. snowman. I, yeah, thought, no, that Sam his, the I snowman. thought that was Frosty. That'd be really weird. No, Frosty sounds uh, like he's been hitting the head with a baseball bat when he speaks. <laughs> Sam the snowman is really eloquent. Burl Ives is amazing. Yeah. Well, he did such a great job. Like, I love the whole intro to it. Like, oh, man, this blizzard was terrible. Good thing Rudolph saw us through. Oh, is that you don't know about Rudolph? Well, <laughs> then he just, like, went into a song, like, <laughs> spontaneously. I loved it. And, um... Yeah. And uh, I have this theory that we'll get to later with him, but I just thought he, he was a really, really cool character and device, like a great narrator for the story because he lived in the yeah. town. And yeah, I just thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, I like Sam the Snowman. It, it was very strange the way they started because they do the the old spinning newspaper aesthetic yes. to show that it's the biggest storm of the century. And at first I was like, oh, I clicked on the wrong thing. Like, this I isn't did. Rudolph. This <laughs> This is a news briefing about old weather. Yep. Me too, because I don't remember that at all. Yeah, very strange. But they explain a lot of stuff. They explain stuff they didn't really even need to explain. Like uh, Santa hating that Rudolph has the shiny nose. They Mm -hmm. say it's because Santa is the king of shiny things. That he likes... The bell, his bells to be the shiniest, and that's why it's a problem that Rudolph's nose is shinier than Santa's bells. I did not pick they, that up. They say it really quickly, and then like, oh no, he's the shiniest. If anyone's shinier than Santa, well then, turn him into hamburgers or whatever. <laughs> they don't say that, but you know, bison burgers. I'd imagine reindeer meat would. I don't know. Also. In 1964, I feel like that would be the right line. The. Uh... <laughs> Uh, another interesting thing was about the abominable snowman. Um, yeah, like the, the abominable snowman, throughout. he pops up, and um, Sam the snowman says, "Oh, that's a big, mean, the abominable snowman. He's big, mean, and hates everything that has to do with Christmas." I'm like, "Hmm, uh, I'm sorry, Sam the snowman, but like, I feel like." Either you guys had like some backstory, or he ran for president once, and it just didn't work out because he's like, and uh, we're going to end the war on Christmas. Everyone's like, whoa, abominable snowman. No one's talking about war on Christmas. He's like, no, we have to end it now. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. dude, we gotta exile you because that's how we survive up here. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely knew each other at one point. I think Sam the Snowman was the mentor of the Abominable Snowman. And things went south. The Abominable Snowman didn't want to take Sam the Snowman's advice. Big fight on a fire planet. They both almost (laughs) melted. And now Sam the Snowman lives in isolation in the frozen tundra waiting for a new apprentice. It's Star Wars on ice. So it's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. <laughs> it's like the backstory to everything happening on Hoth. Yes. Some Perfect. like it Hoth. <laughs> yeah. That was the man. name of a lost episode. Yeah. No way. Some like it Hoth. Yes. Yeah, it's a Hurley episode. Awesome. 
Yeah. And then, um, so then, um, Herbie, the dentist, um, man, Herbie, the misfit elf, I, I, I forgot how his voice sounded. <laughs> and yeah. I, I always picture him being like higher pitch, like, I want to be a dentist. Right. But it's not re- really like that. He's like, I want to be a dentist. Right. <laughs> yeah. He sounded oh, Hermy. Like yeah, it was exactly that. I was like, I wanna be a dentist. Well you don't know any better. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like that. And um and let's see, what was it? Yeah, and um he wanted to be a dentist and I re- researched this. There's a sequel um where spoiler, uh he actually becomes a DDS. So Really? Yeah, and the sequel is like a 3D uh, CGI animated uh, sequel that came out in like early 2000s, so the CGI is not that great. Sure. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's like an inspired sequel because there are a ton of continuity errors, but it does take place after that movie. Does he live in the normal universe, or is he like a dentist at the North Pole? From my understanding, he was a dentist at the North Pole. So he's like Santa's dentist. Yeah. Which yeah. Uh, uh, which he can pay for because Santa lives in a castle. Because Sam's like, oh, that over there? Yeah, that's Santa's castle. I'm just like, what? Santa has a castle? Who's paying mortgage on the castle in the North Pole? It was a good joke that he brought up, though. He said, it's the first one on the left. And he goes, well, it's the... What? Well, it's the only one on the left. Sorry, I'm going to start over. I had buzz in on my side. Very good. But it's a good joke that he brings up where he says, it's the first one on the left. <laughs> well, it's the only one on the left. But then it made me think, if it's the only one, how do you have a left? Don't you just say, there's the castle? <laughs> well, it's the first one on the left. Oh, what's on the right? Snow? <laughs> like, like. well, there's also snow on the left of the left. Yeah. So get your directions right. Yeah. But one of my favorite scenes with Very Rudolph um, is the reindeer games scene. Because you learn mm. so much about the just reindeer. Because they say, oh, yeah. Hey, come on. Join the reindeer games. It helps your antlers grow. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So that's why they play the reindeer games cool interesting thing because i'm just like I, i'm just thinking like they're playing all right hey come on play magic the gathering with us Ru- rudolph like i was just wondering like what are reindeer games but they're just i guess like training exercises that help your antlers grow which is a good thing yeah. i guess for it's reindeer, reindeer. quidditch yeah <laughs> reindeer yeah. quidditch all right guys we're gonna go for the quavel but if you, we need one of you to be a seeker rudolph you'd be a great seeker too bad we're <laughs> <laughs> Too bad we can't be understanding. Ah, like anytime his nose glows red, he's near the snitch. Oh, it means Voldemort's approaching. <laughs> Kill him. <laughs> oh, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you slay the darkness tonight? <laughs> the the dark lord of all wizards. <laughs> and all the wizards loved him. Um. <laughs> But yeah, uh, and so then uh, Rudolph befriends Fireball, uh, which got me to think, oh, wait a second. There are other reindeers that are children of other of the prominent reindeer. And if that's the case, then 
where are the new reindeer? Like, where's Fireball yeah. in the lineup? Or is it just, like, they said, listen, we wrote this song. It's really catchy. It would be really tough to teach these kids the new role. <laughs> the new roll call of the new. And there's Clarice and Fireball. It, it, just, doesn't, it just doesn't work out <laughs> as well. <laughs> the syllables are all off. Although Fireball does rhyme with recall, as in, but do you recall? The most famous reindeer of all. Fireball? No, Rudolph. But they were good friends. There's a really cool story here. <laughs> uh, yeah, they went to school together. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so after Rudolph um, starts flirting with Clarice, and, uh, and she thinks that he's cute, and he starts flying, um, his... Um, nose pops off and then which is uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah it's right listen it um, happens <laughs> like but here's the thing like could you imagine like if that really did happen in real life like at first i was like oh man they're judging rudolph but fireball just saw this dude's nose come off like that would have been terrifying yeah. Like if, and then do you assume that all reindeer skeletons glow red? Right? Like he, I, he was like, uh, dude, get away from me. Like, like I, I, I feel like that would be my reaction, too, if someone's nose just popped off. Like, if I just took, yeah. like, like, I don't see why that's amusing to children. Just like, hey, I got your nose. Like, that would, that would be terrifying. <laughs> that was like a real life thing. Yeah, that's a fair reaction. I'm, I'm down with Fireball, yeah. I think. I think you reacted appropriately. But then the other reindeer come in and like, oh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no. This is where Ice from, uh, from Hocus Pocus learned it from. Like, oh, man, <laughs> let's, just, let's just call them descriptive words. What's up, Hollywood? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> Got to take this show on we the road. Really didn't really dig into it. I mean, if anyone should be called Fireball, it would be Rudolph. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, glass houses. <laughs> yeah. Then Rudolph ran off. Um, and then Yukon Cornelius comes in. And he's a, such a good name. Oh, my gosh. He delivered just so many of my favorite lines. And his, his voice and his characterization, it was just fantastic like the line later on where um they're all going off to the land for the misfit toys um he says this fog is as th thick as peanut butter and then <laughs> the herbie says <laughs> he says you mean pea soup and he says you eat what you like and i eat what i like i <laughs> lost it <laughs> It was one of my, was my favorite lines in the entire movie. Because <laughs> like, it's a fantastic line. It, yeah, it's best delivered line too. Yeah, you eat what you like. I eat what I like. Oh man, that was so. That's just like the right response. Uh, it's like, listen, Herbie. I know you think you're better than me because you want to be a dentist. But I like peanut butter. You like pea soup. Hey, hey this is all get along here. Uh, yeah, Yukon Cornelius is the glue that holds everything together. Absolutely. His bit of throwing his pickaxe in the snow and then tasting it goes... 
Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry to the listeners who had to just listen to that, but that's what it sounds like. He licks the pickaxe uh, to test if there's actually silver or gold underneath. <laughs> he never really finds anything till the end, but it's it's such a good bit that he consistently does because wouldn't it always taste like metal? He's licking a pickaxe. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Oh, I love... And so when he first comes in... Um, Sam the Snowman says, Oh, that Yukon Cornelius. Always looking for silver and gold. <laughs> Raps a guitar. Silver and gold. He just starts, he flawlessly transitions into um, a musical number that just has nothing. Like, it's just like an act break, like what we were talking about with Charlie Brown. It's like, Oh, mm-hmm. man, that Yukon. Musical number. Lights, please. Silver and gold. <laughs> For whatever reason, the silver and gold song st- stuck out to me so strongly as a kid. Oh yeah, that I would sing it even when it wasn't Christmas. I would sing it the most during the Olympics. To be honest, <laughs> they would they'd give them the medals. Go silver and gold, silver and gold. People were like, "What are you talking about?" Michael Phelps is getting old. <laughs> and then during the Winter Olympics, every it's like. The song that everyone starts cheering, silver and gold, da 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 da, silver and gold. Yeah, I guess it would make more sense for the Winter Olympics. <laughs> oh man! So something that I didn't realize before, because I one of the most iconic things I remember about this movie, besides uh, Rudolph, is like the Island of Misfit Toys, and um, yeah. I'm expecting like these. Just backwards, like Sid's playroom type toys, like these right, toys like that, the baby like, face doll crawling yeah. out with the erector set arms. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's how I remembered it too. Then they have like these poor self-deprecating <laughs> toys. There's a spotted elephant, just an elephant with yeah, spots. That, like, that was it. I like, didn't oh. get that one. I was looking at him, go like, what's his issue? What's his deformity? And he's like, I'm an elephant with spots. I'm like. Okay. I mean, are, are are you contagious or like, is there any other reason? No, I just got spots. Oh. Well, I made some poor choices and now I have spots. <laughs> and then like the Charlie in the box. I thought that was such a funny, a funny moment. That is funny. He's like, oh, I'm a Jack in the box. Uh, let me guess. Your name's Jack? No, it's Charlie. No, it's a Charlie in the box. I was just, I thought that was great. That was such a great line. But even then, I was just like, these poor toys. Like, yeah. Like these, like, first off, like, they're not terrible toys. They aren't misfits. They're, I guess just at the time, like, crane machines weren't invented or weren't around yet because. I've seen spotted elephants inside those little crane machines or like, here you go. Here's what you want at like a carnival or like a Six Flags. Like I've seen like spotted elephants and other things. Charlie in the Box would probably be a big seller at Urban Outfitters just because it's different. Oh, yeah. 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 And and, and then there were really cool toys like the cowboy ostrich. I wanted that. Yeah. It's like, I'm a cowboy with an ostrich. I'm like, uh. I'm sorry, is no one selling this? Because this is a million-dollar idea. <laughs> that would be great. One of those inflatable Halloween costumes yes! where you put your legs in it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Um, and they're all kind of governed by this this griffin, this lion-esque yeah, Aslan with wings kind of. It's King Moonraiser. Is it Moonraiser or Moonraiser? 
Oh, I wrote Razor. Like, ra- and he raises oh, the moon. Oh, that's really hard. Oh, I see. And not like yeah, Razor, it, like he, he cuts moons with oh, his Oh, I like razors. cutting through. I'm the moon raiser. Like, but yeah, uh, King King moon, moon, moon Racer is this intense lion. Yeah. But he's nice. Yeah. So that brings us to an interesting point about the land of misfit toys. This is probably mostly just because of the budget they had, but similar to the Wizard of Oz, how you see all of the relatives and then they become versions of Oz where the Scarecrow was also a ranch hand. Mm. Uh, Same kind of thing with this, where you have Santa and you have the head elf who is really mean to Hermie and you have um, like Fireball in... uh, in the North Pole area, whenever they go over to the land of misfit, misfit toys, the same actors are doing a lot of those. So Santa is the same as King Moonracer. Ah, it's the same actor that does both voices. Charlie in the box is also Fireball. And the head elf is the spotted elephant. Hmm. So there's a counterpart to either side. Yeah, the because um, like <laughs> that whole scene, just like, Hey, can we stay here? He's like, sorry, this is uh, for toys only. But if you go back to the land in which Santa exiled you from, could you do us a favor? <laughs> oh, really? You're going to give me errands? <laughs> if you go back and he ever takes you back, could you remember us? He's like, I, I guess. Cool, you guys can stay and um, we have one room available. <laughs> slides them the key and they all stay there and that and that's at that point um where i started getting the lion king metaphor because um sam's like and then something happened uh that happens with most reindeer uh san or uh rudolph uh grew up and uh, he learned that he didn't need to run away from his trouble so he went back home and it was like at that point in the time in the movie where they were just narrating a lot because they're like "Ooh, yeah we gotta wrap this up so Donner and Vixen left to go find Rudolph, but then Clarice came to see Vixen, and then Vixen and Clarice went off, and then Donner, uh, the snowman showed up, Rudolph is older now, a couple of months older, he has his antlers now, didn't play reindeer games, but he still got his antlers, anyway, uh, so he's here with the snowman, <laughs> and go. <laughs> and he sounds like Matthew Broderick. <laughs> he just sounded like Jonathan Taylor Thomas in that other one. <laughs> Why does he sound like Inspector Gadget? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it does wrap up pretty quickly. I think it was all an elaborate plot for King Moonracer to just get everybody out of his house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, hey, can you... They've been freeloading for years. Can you please take them with you? Listen, I told them one night, um, and then they just asked for another, and that just turned into, like, six months. Worst mistake Ever. Yeah. Oh, um, and then <laughs> I think the one of the things I didn't realize was as terrifying, and I'm so surprised I didn't have like nightmares from this moment. But oh, um, I know. Yeah, I know exactly what you're going to say straight from the mind of Eli Roth, <laughs> dude. So <laughs> their way of taking care of the snowman is Herbie removing all of his teeth. That is like, and oh, everyone cheers. Yeah, he, he, he. Like first off, malpractice. Um, yes, th- that's that's that should have prevented him from becoming a DDS. So okay, and uh, all your credentials, 
look great. Last question, have you ever removed all of someone's teeth before? Because you shouldn't <laughs> do that. Against their will? <laughs> Against their will. <laughs> the Dr. Like, Kevorkian of dentistry. Yeah. Like, I want, I, I uh, yeah, like that, yeah. that was just. Ripping the teeth out. Terrifying. And yeah. with no anesthetic. Oh, but then, um, and then at that point in time, they go back home. Santa's still skinny and nervous. Cause that's the other thing we didn't really talk about. The whole thing is like, Santa, you got to put on some weight for the kids. He's like, oh, I don't have any appetite. I just, I'm just overworked. I'm just like, oh, this is, this is the Santa Claus. Like there's, they have so many different, really cool character choices for all the, uh, different characters throughout the movie. That I, mm-hmm. I mean, we could easily break off and have like a, um, wow, uh, what is that movie? The movie, Christmas movie, um, multiple protagonists, English. Oh, Love Actually. Love Actually. I, we could have seen like a Love Actually with <laughs> all of the uh, characters of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Like we have Santa's story, and then we could have had Sam the Snowman's story, and then we could have Rudolph's story, Herbie's story. Um, but just like intermixed throughout the whole movie, because uh, like the characters, cool, actually, the characters were really fleshed out really well. Yeah, you could have Sam the Snowman just go through each of their stories too, if you need someone to uh, tie it all yeah. together. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then they uh, they're like, hey, it's snowing, and then they're like, Rudolph, will you lead the sleigh? And he's like, yeah, and then the song plays. And, uh, and yeah, and the 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 act structure follows basically line by line the song, so it oh, yeah. uh, wraps it up pretty nicely. Yeah, and it was really it was really really um, interesting to see just from like an adult perspective because I'm just like like as a kid I just remember thinking like how cool the claymation was and the claymation like guys for the '60s even for like today's time like that was really impressive. Yeah, it's like the hardcore claymation, frame by frame. Nothing is enhanced. It's just this is what you see. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was just really, really cool to to see it, because like there, I mean, I there are so many stories to be told from there, um, which goes into one of my favorite um, segments of the show, which is head cannon. Yeah. Okay, so that's my favorite too. <laughs> Head cannon. So with this movie being a Christmas movie, and uh, and you don't see a lot of horror Christmas movies. No, I think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you think you think of some Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh you my could gosh. Count as like a claymation that movie horror movie. Terrified me. Uh, Jack Frost is another one. Oh, Jack Frost. Well, never mind. Well, my head can't. Wait, no, no. Did I, did I ruin your thing? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go it's ahead. It's done. What's done is done. No, no. Well, no. Uh, this is a- well, I'm glad you mentioned that because this is actually my my idea for a, a remake. Or, no. Okay. So, yeah, it's for a sequel or a remake. But um, my headcanon about this thing is this. Um, my headcanon is that um, Santa... Um, Oh, I take that back. Not Santa, but Sam the Snowman um, is mm-hmm. actually one with the wind and sky, Elsa style, and he can actually see everything with the snow. 
because he, at one point in time, he claimed that he sent, um, he sent Vixen and Claire, um, or Clarice, is it Clarice? Rudolph's Bay. Clarice, yeah. Yeah. He sent, he's like, oh, good thing I sent them off to go find Rudolph and know where he is. I'm like, unless Rudolph, like, passed Sam the Snowman and say, hey, Rudolph, where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm going over here. Like, unless he did that, how else would he know where Rudolph is? He's like, oh, good thing I told them to go where Rudolph was. I'm like, what if the, because this would make it really interesting. Like, the way he's able to tell this story is because he is, like, the snow is his eyes and ears kind of thing. Like, he can see everything wherever snow is. He's just, like, this kind of omnipresent, like, guardian and uh, watcher of the North Pole. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anything the snow touches, he's able to connect with. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what so, makes him a good storyteller, because he actually knows the different things that happened in multiple places at the same time. So how does that affect his relationship with the Abominable Snowman? Because the Abominable Snowman is not made of snow like Sam right. is. Right. So I, so I guess he just is like, if he's on his back, like, Abominable Snowman gets snow on his back. He's taking Sam with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's just like aware of where he is. But he's like, oh no, that's just like he just knows where to not be when he comes around. That's my guess. I like that because that would also mean, since there is silver and gold buried under the snow, he knows where it is, but he chooses not to take it for himself or interfere in the life of Yukon Cornelius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, he is the watcher. Yeah, because he like it's like he has this great power and great responsibility, and he's like mm-hmm. using his powers for good. It's good. I'm gonna go to my default headcanon <laughs> and say that Sam the Snowman and Santa are the same person. <laughs> Fight Club. No, I'll go deeper into it this this week. Uh, that's kind <laughs> of what my headcanon is for it. I think Santa is very sick. I think he oh. the reason he's so skinny and losing weight is because uh, he has an illness, a terminal illness, and this is the last Christmas that we're seeing. And so Rudolph actually represents the disease, the red, the red nose that's coming through. And so uh, he keeps trying to cover it up and get rid of it because this is the, the spreading disease. All the other reindeer won't play with him. Because they're trying to fight back. The snow, like, Sam represents, like, the white blood cells that are trying to fight against Rudolph. Oh, my god! And so, as uh, as Rudolph continues to gain all of this um, all of this support and following, it starts to affect other parts of his body. Like, like Hermie, he wants to be a dentist. It's affecting the bones or the calcium in Santa. And then the, uh, the silver and gold is the iron, like, the metallic... Like, he has a blood condition now that's spreading. Uh, and then when he goes to the land of misfit toys, that's just all the other elements of Santa that are starting to deteriorate. So that when Santa is finally, like, flying away into the sky, that's Santa actually passing away and then moving on into the afterlife. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Like. Headcanon. That's amazing. That's like really good. So totally ruins Rudolph uh, if you're a kid watching it. But yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> very depressing ending. But oh man, 
Oh, that's interesting. And oh, and that that's that's the other thing too. The abominable snowman then is actually part of the immune system trying to fight off the disease. So this... okay, and again, he's white as well. He's another white blood cell. Huh. But but ultimately he is beaten he is beaten and removed from the equation. Wow. That is some solid headcanon, sir. I like it. Thanks. I really, really like it. The... So the whole story actually takes place inside of Santa's body. Like wow. the magic school bus. <laughs> <laughs> the saddest episode of the magic school bus. I think I think I also like our headcanon before. Um, like the abominable snowman was not always like this um, like monstrous creature, but like he was actually mm. like um, I think he was just like either um, or just like I think words. <laughs> I think uh, very much in like the live action uh, Grinch that he was just like, uh, awkward member of society, but they ultimately just like pushed him out, and then he was just like, "I'm going to destroy Whoville. I'm gonna do it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. This I'm against everything year. that has to do with Christmas. I'm like, oh wow, that's like that's like the Grinch. Yeah, you could also do the head cannon with the abominable snowman that uh, maybe he was the first misfit toy. Like he started as a little teddy bear that Ooh. went to the island of misfit toys. And he was there alone and, like, got all matted up with the snow and stuff and then grew because the head elf says toys don't have teeth. Like, we don't need toys with teeth. And so he was the teddy bear with teeth that grew up. And so by Hermie removing the teeth, he is actually doing his job and restoring the abominable snowman to his initial purpose. Yeah. And restores balance to the force. There's a happier (laughs) headcanon. Yes. He will restore the balance. (laughs) No, that's that's good. Yeah, and the other um, I'm trying to think of any other head cannon because I I have a ton of ideas for sequels and remakes. They all feature Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. Oh yes. Uh, Yukon Cornelius goes to camp. <laughs> Yukon Cornelius's big adventure. Yukon Cornelius strikes oil. <laughs> Beverly Hillbilly's Christmas special featuring cousin Yukon Cornelius. Oh, man. Missed character opportunity. Okay, so let's go ahead and go into the uh, the sequels or remakes that we would make uh, with this movie. There have actually been two um, sequels uh, to this movie uh, with featuring Rudolph uh, that was also done in the stop motion uh, style. There was the uh, Rudolph... Oh, sorry. I lost the page I was supposed to be on. What a fool. So there was uh, Rudolph's Shiny New Year. And then there was uh, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. Huh. Seems hazardous. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And um, and those were the last two um, stop-motion style movies featuring Rudolph. And then after that, there was another animated Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer movie. It was a 2D animated one, but it was like more or less the same thing, but just done in a different way because um, when I was doing the research for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Island of Misfit Toys, which is what is supposed to be the sequel to um, this movie, uh, they said for all, legally speaking, 
Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Island of the Misfit Toys is the sequel to the 2D animated movie and not necessarily the 1964 stop-motion movie because movie. <laughs> um, hmm. And that one came out in 2001. But we're going to ignore those sequels uh, because those things exist and these things probably never will, but they should. And and we didn't watch those. <laughs> But if you have seen them, let us know on Twitter uh, what uh, they're like. Because I watched a couple of clips of the uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Island of Misfit Toys, which I didn't think that Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I thought that was a mouthful. This. There are too many words in this title. Um, Rise of the Misfit Toys. <laughs> Rise of the Rudolph and the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Islands of Misfit Toys. Um, <laughs> so um, I would love a dark reboot sequel tim burton I, I feel like he would love to stop motion animate this oh yeah it is a sequel with hermy it follows up with hermy and he is a dentist uh but basically it is a horror movie sequel in the style of sweeney todd where he is the dentist of the north pole <laughs> Well, nice, or, right? Or Hermes is basically just like killing people, <laughs> like different people who come in, like, oh, yeah, there's this new dentist in town. It's just like, oh yeah, that Hermes guy, he was the worst. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, like, because it would be, it would follow his Rudolph story, but in a darker way. Like, oh, mm -hmm. they laughed and called me names, and he gets exiled, or I think they leave him for dead at some point in time. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah sure yeah and uh and then he comes back as the uh the dentist the traveling dentist of the north pole yes the molar express <laughs> that oh man i want that to be it yes and uh yukon cornelius is the um he's the guy who saved the day he just throws up his pickaxe accidentally knocks him off of a cliff and says no oh, nothing <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, hermy is such a good character for a sequel um but i think you hit it that hey, well they did it you said he was the one that they used for the for the real life sequel yeah to so, become a dentist mm -hmm. yeah well he it just in the movie he is now a dds like that's what they say moved to arizona opened his own practice but yeah but he just in the movie he is a dds it's just like oh What's everyone up to now? I was like, well, I'm a DDS. Please read your copy of Highlights Magazine while you wait. My sequel would be uh, the same kind of Santa who is very difficult to please. He doesn't even like the little song and dance that the elves do. Yeah. Um, and so the following year, he was like, oh, forget it. I'm not going to go out. Kind of like Year Without a Santa Claus where mm -hmm. he's like, if you ever watched that same kind of stop motion, like ice, uh, like the Ice Meister movie you ever watch that no i, I love that one. i only know that movie because of um batman forever with uh, mr freeze like i'm mr heat miser mr i'm mr S yeah yeah great movie too um but it would uh it'd be that kind of idea that santa isn't going to do christmas this year so Yukon Cornelius takes it upon himself to step into Santa's position. Yes. And he's like, oh, I got the beard for it already. And just like rubs some snow in his beard. 
and he's and he uses his pickaxe to climb up chimneys and he's throwing stuff down. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And uh yes. yeah. I think that'd just be a lot of fun. He's given everybody gold. Totally topples economies. Oh my gosh. Yes. That would be amazing. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. I've noticed that they have not done a live action um Rough the Red Nose Reindeer story. And uh, no, they, they haven't. So this is going to take me into the second man of the show that I also enjoy. And it's called the recast. Like who would we recast? recast? Yeah. So who would we recast in this movie? Now, um, this kind of falls into the adapt that category, but we're just going to say like, who would you recast or who would you cast as a live action movie? Kind of like what Disney has been doing with a lot of their classic animated properties. Like they did uh, sleeping beauty. They're doing the jungle book this next year. Like, yeah, Beauty and the Beast is in the works yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so for Yukon Cornelius, do you want to say that we have not discussed what this would be before? No. But do you want to say who we would recast at the same time? Okay, let's do it. Okay, so we'll say three, two, one, and then we'll say the name. Okay, cool. Three. Three. Two. Two. There's a delay. One. <laughs> Zach yeah, there is a delay. Yeah, that's. Oh, that's not who I was going to say, but that's amazing. Oh, sorry. Who are you going to say? Nick Offerman. Oh, that's even better. That's better. That's the better choice. Oh, he would be the best. Oh, man. But I think I think there's room for both of them. So I think I think you're right on Zach Galifianakis to put him on Yukon Cornelius and then make Nick Offerman Santa. Because then he's just really upset about the about oh. the dance, and he's like, "I've seen better." <laughs> You're all terrible. <laughs> I'm the king of shiny things. Oh man! It's unfortunate that your nose is so bright. Okay, yeah. um, mm. I want. Okay, so here, like working on that, I would want actually for um, Nick Offerman to be Yukon Cornelius. Um, I want Zach Galifianakis to be the abominable snowman. And oh, I want, that's good. And I want John Benjamin to be Santa. <laughs> but but I, I'm supposed to be eating on a night like this. These elves are terrible. I got a red nose right there. Try to ruin it. Maybe if we had some neighbors, I wouldn't be so, so miserable to talk to. I need a little social interaction. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? Listen. I think not. I think not. All right. Uh, b- b- Merry Christmas, everyone. You're, you're all terrible. You're all to blame. <laughs> yes. Yeah, John Benjamin would be a solid choice for that. <laughs> And then uh, uh, for Donner, yeah. I'd like to uh, have um, John Hamm play Donner just because I want to see Tumblr explode <laughs> with Donner Draper memes. <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. My son has a red nose. How disappointing. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, man. But who would we get for Rudolph? Because like, here's the thing. Like w- watching this movie, it could very well be... Like, did you see the movie Brick with a Justin Gordon-Lovett? Oh no, that's where he's like a high school detective. Yes, it's an amazing movie. But like, I think they can basically do 
something similar to that. I, I don't know why I use that movie. It's just a good movie. It's a terrible example of this. But like um like what they did in the nineties with like high school adaptations of classic literature. Like uh Ten Things I Hate mm. About You was I think much to do about nothing. Um if I'm remembering correctly. Or like She's yeah. the Man was like Twelfth Night or Twelfth Night, yeah. Um Let's let's. I'm gonna look up uh, ten things I hate about you because people will be upset <laughs> if we get that wrong. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right on that one. It's taming of so. the shrew. Tame, taming taming of the, of the shrew. shrew. I was wrong. Taming of the shrew is taming of the shrew is what we said the first time. Mm-hmm. Sure is. We recorded this. Uh-huh. We didn't say anything else. We did not. <laughs> so ten things about you. <laughs> So 10 Things I Hate About You... Hold for the edit. So 10 Things I Hate About You was uh, obviously an adaptation of Taming of the Shrew. Everybody knows what that. What else would that and, be? And She's the Man was Twelfth Night. Yeah. And so um, I think that they could honestly do Rudolph the Retina's Reindeer like with with um, actors um, playing like humans and it not being like, a, uh, I guess a um people trying to pretend to be animals type thing oh yeah that'd be super weird and only appeal to like 12 people (laughs) yeah like or um or maybe okay i think it could go both ways it could be like uh they would be like the cgi voices or like they would like do the motion capture costumes for the roles um Mm. Uh, you guys can't see this, but I'm. <laughs> how would you describe this motion? Like hands are clawed yeah. up. It, it's very. Yeah, you, you look like a marionette that's been caught in a car wash. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. Uh, that's what motion capture is in my brain. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think it could go both ways just because of uh, the archetypes are very strong, and um, it could be called um, like you can see this being like a coming of age story. Um, in the style of like 500 days of summer called Rudolph or um, and it's just like this really quirky comedy about this boy finding his place in the world Um, but yeah back to the casting (laughs) that's Um, nice yeah who would you want for Sam the snowman they have to be able to sing because it's very music based Burl Ives known for his classic voice yeah. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out, Grayson. Well, I'm listening. Kanye West. That's so weird. That's so close to who I was going to say. <laughs> who are you going to say? Ruben Stuttered. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> Ruben Stuttered hasn't done anything since he won American Idol exactly. a billion years ago. This is his chance to come this back. This is it. This is the one. No, that Kanye, I, Kanye as Sam the Snowman is really entertaining to think about, though. <laughs> like either Kanye or uh, or Denzel Washington. Like I don't know how well Denzel That'd Washington can yeah. sing, but like I can. Yeah, just imagine, I don't know. Like, oh, uh, d- well, I, I guess Morgan Freeman would be the obvious narrator choice. Does she really sing though? I'm. From what I've uh, learned from Elf, singing is just uh, talking longer, louder, and uh, making your voice <laughs> oh, yeah. go up and down. So, yes, right. I think he can. But the benefit to having Kanye is you just turn one of the songs into Silver and Gold Digger. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Who else who else needs to be cast? I, I think oh well Rudolph. Um Oh yeah, Rudolph, and we haven't done Hermie either. Hermie, I would I would suggest Michael Sarah for Hermie. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then and it looks like him. <laughs> I think for For Rudolph, that's Rudolph, tough. It's the I would, lead. I would say Peta. Peter Malark. I can never remember his name. I've mentioned him before. Oh yeah, <laughs> the second time we've done. Cannot. Re- uh, Josh. Josh Hutcherson. Josh Hutcherson. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be great. He'd be a pretty good Rudolph. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, whenever there's a, a kid role that needs to be cast, and I can't think of a kid, I go to my go-to. It's uh, uh, Luke from Modern Family, but season one. <laughs> season one, Luke. <laughs> season one, Luke from Modern Family. Yes. Oh. You know who else would be a good? Um, oh man, for the coach, I want coach. I want Damon Wayans Jr. to be Coach Comet. Oh, see, you say coach and think Damon Wayans Jr. You say coach to me, I think Craig T. Nelson. Yes, <laughs> he would be. So, oh no, I love that. That would be good. That's. <laughs> I think that's a better choice because, like, what if? Because then I would want Damon Wayans Jr. to be Fireball. That's good. Yeah. Because because in 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 my adaptation of it, it would be like mm-hmm. these are the new recruits to replace the older reindeer, like this is like the new yeah. line of reindeer. Because like that's um, that's a story that I want to see. Like I want to see those stories of the reindeer, like kind of like falling into the ranks. Like I want to see like the reindeer academy, basically. Like because uh, yeah. Rudolph basically that'd be just a great got, spinoff, right? Reindeer academy. All right, you, you listen in Hollywood. We've got gold here, silver and gold. Silver and gold, all the way to the top. <laughs> but yeah, like I think that would be a really cool story because, I mean, we know all the other famous reindeers, and if they are training up the new bucks to become, um, like, a Santa's reindeer, then like that would have to eventually happen, and unless like mm-hmm. those names are like. Um, titles like a uh, Captain America, like Captain America can be whoever fills the shoes of Captain America. But like first Captain America oh. was Steve Rogers, but anyone else who becomes the new Captain America will become the Captain America, like the president. Like unless those are like titles of president kind of things. Like I think mm-hmm. that would be cool to see like the new reindeers. Like all right, guys, we got these new reindeers. We got Fireball. And Rudolph leading the class, and it's just him trying to figure out what it's like to actually be a reindeer, because he kind of surpassed the ranks of actual training just because of his red nose during the snow storm. So he did. He Haley Joel Osmented it. <laughs> Who Macaulay Culkined it? <laughs> yeah, we believe him to be conceived by the Metaclorians. It's what allows reindeers to fly. <laughs> Oh, okay. That was just the spirit of Christmas, but if we're going to pick it apart. It's midichlorians. Oh, good. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, this podcast, uh, fun fun note, this podcast is longer than the movie. If I think we... that's the first time that's happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, the movie uh... has a 47-minute runtime. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Like, it was a short movie, but I feel like there should be more 45-minute long movies. Just to just to get that little 
because it could have been an hour if they didn't narrate that whole. Oh well, well Rudolph went over here, and they met, they went over here, and well Donna and Vixen, they just went off and tried to find them. Then Clarice came in here. <laughs> Only thing you need to know is that Yukon and Hermes is right here. Like if they would have just like actually shown those scenes, it could have been like at least an hour. Yeah, that's true. Show don't tell. Yeah. Show don't tell. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, another uh, thing I wanted to uh, do is uh, I wanted to see if, because uh, like I said before, originally the Reindeer games I thought were just like part cheesy or like a, a game that's not like uh, a, a school exercise. So, um, I wanted us to come up with a Reindeer game. Nice. A reindeer game um, that has little to nothing to do with uh, Ben Affleck or um, or Matthew Damon or Ma- Matthew Damon. I said his name right, Matthew Damon. Most people just call him Matt Damon, though. That's why it felt so weird. <laughs> just like, yeah, am I saying Matthew his name wrong? Damon? You get down here right now and eat your vegetables. <laughs> That's why I'm going to get your friend Benjamin Affleck over here. (laughs) Benjamin Affleck Uh, and Matthew Damon. Oh, even Google refuses for me to type in Matthew Damon. It's like, ah, I don't know. Do you mean like Matthew, anyone not Damon? Yeah, didn't Matthew Damon and Benjamin Affleck do good William hunting? (laughs) No, you're thinking of good billium hunting. Oh, Billiam, that's it. Okay, so uh, I think we talked about this because uh, this is the nature of our friendship. Um, we talked about like what defines a game a while ago, right? Right. I, and, I, and I forget what it was. I'm going to look it up real quick. Well, you need a win condition. Like, how do you know when you've won? Mm-hmm. Uh, you need obstacles that you are moving past. You need mechanics. How do you actually move forward in a game and what what does a turn look like yeah um so but basically objectives tactics setup how do you start the game how do you initiate how many players are there how do you how do you keep track of progress is it a point system is it distance yeah i think a reindeer game i would like i think that i would play no i wouldn't play because i don't sports a lot uh, but i think a cool reindeer game um would be is an adaptation of basically uh, Don't Wake Daddy. Um, oh. And it is uh, the reindeer, like, it's, it's like Don't Wake Santa. Oh, cool. Um, basically the exact same game. <laughs> but, like, it's uh, it teaches you about strategy because you have to make your way all the way. Um, oh, no. It's, it's not Santa, but you don't want to wake the abominable snowman. That's the one. Uh, because... Oh, or else he gums you to death. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Yeah, the <laughs> the um, and so basically, it's a strategy game for you to um, like learn how to like maneuver the land. Like the I think the board shifts every time, or like you put the snowman in a different area each time, um, and he's just sleeping the whole time. You have to walk your way around out everything, and then if he wakes up. You get eaten. Nice. Yeah. So is this... Wait. 
I think I, I I missed out on the premise. Are these games that reindeers are playing, or are these board games that we're inventing that are reindeer themed? I've heard it both ways. <laughs> but, uh, uh, right. <laughs> I th- I think it could, I, for for that one, it would be two. It, it would you be either do, or. You yeah. could do either. Yeah. Like it could be a board game or it could be a, a game that the reindeers play. Mine mine is the same. You can adapt it to either one. So I was thinking if the reindeers are playing this game, uh, you stand on a block of ice mm-hmm. and then Yukon Cornelius chips it off to make it a free floating thing like what they float around on through the ice water. Mm-hmm. And the, the goal is to tip it in a way to where you don't slide off, but the other reindeer falls into the water. Oh. Uh, and so you're like maneuvering back and forth. So you're kind of dancing around. And so last person standing on the ice wins. If it was a board game, then you would have a structure kind of like the uh, don't uh, the break the ice game. You yeah. know, where it was kind of raised up and you chip away, except it would be um, a balance where you had two figures on either side. But on your turn, you had to either add something to your side or move something pretty much just shift the weight. Uh, without toppling your people, but compromising the balance of the other team. Hmm. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, because like the interesting thing about the reindeer games that they talked about is like it, it's it's beneficial for reindeers to play the game. Um, it's like, hey, we're playing this reindeer game so we can grow our antlers, versus the um, just like, hey, we're just gonna hang out and socialize. Right. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't accomplish a whole lot. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, Terrible it, it, coach. <laughs> Terrible coaching. A yeah. spot just opened up. <laughs> All right. And so now um, we're, we'll get into the reasons to recommend. Why would you recommend this movie to someone for the off chance that they have not seen this movie? Why would you recommend this movie? It explores the song that we, we know and have stuck in our heads in a really interesting way. Um, It's always cool whenever you can take a short form piece and make it into a longer form piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there's a lot of creativity that goes into that. And uh, lastly, it's just a a cute movie. Like it has some genuinely funny parts and it's, it gets you in the holiday spirit. I'd say that. Totally. Yeah. And it's interesting how well it still holds up because it's very timeless like it, it takes place in the North Pole, which is already just like, um, just a very, it's not a very tech, like heavy place. Like it can happen mm-hmm. at any point in time of the year, um, and it was, it was just, it was just really fun to rewatch and as an adult, uh, see all of like, <laughs> the different jokes that they put in there. Because, uh, like, as a kid, I was not laughing at the uh, the peanut butter pea soup joke, but it's my no. favorite. That's my, my, my favorite line. And uh, I, I think it's worth a rewatch, definitely, because you'll pick up different things and you'll see different storylines that still hold true to uh, other movies as well. Like, just different series that, um, like, or different themes are in this movie that you would see in other movies as well, like growth and um, finding your way and finding a place in a world that you might not feel has a place for you. Like, it was really cool to see that. Um, And you might even find uh, some awesome uh, Fight Club uh, connections throughout the movie. (laughs) 
as well. Yeah. Just like just always just watch a movie and see how well it connects to Fight Club. <laughs> I think that's just slash a uh, seven connections because what's in the box? It's Charlie. <laughs> what's in the box? It's Charlie. It's Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> no one wants a Charlie in the box. <laughs> oh goodness! Yes. All right. Well, that is going to uh, wrap up this episode of the Flashback Flicks podcast. I thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you so much, uh, new followers, listeners. We're new to the podcast world, so we don't know what to call you guys. But thank you for listening uh, and downloading and welcoming us to your ears. Uh, And uh, if you guys want to continue the conversation, we are on Twitter at Flashback Flicks. And, um, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, give us a rating on iTunes and do it. And we will mail each of you one misfit toy of your choosing. We can't promise that. We can't. We can't, prom- I, we can't promise that, Ricky. I mean, the post office is a nightmare anyway. We can't. We can't okay. do that. We will, we will mention it to Santa. If we see but you know him what we again. can do? What, what can we do? You you had mentioned uh, the movie Drumline yeah. earlier, uh, and you talked about they have welcomed us into their ears. Well, eardrums. We can say uh, that listeners of the podcast are in the drum circle. So ah! welcome to the drum circle. I like that. Welcome to the there drum circle. I like it. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. See so. We may not mail you anything, but no. hey, you're in the drum circle. You're in the drum circle. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you again so much for listening, and uh, be sure to tune in next time when we... Enjoy a smorgasbord of holiday favorites. That's right. Right here on the Flashback Flicks podcast. And remember to be kind and rewind. <laughs>